When you think of Starbucks, what's the first thing that comes to mind? A trendy coffee chain? A cozy cafe to do work on a rainy day? An ethically sourced company that sells vanilla cream cold foam? No matter what you think, we're willing to bet the first thing that pops into your head isn't prison labor. Hi guys, I'm Natalie. I'm Alex. And I'm Matt. And we're here today to talk to you about how prison labor and the globally sourced company Starbucks are much more connected than you think, and tell you why you should care. If you go to the Starbucks website, it doesn't take a lot of scrolling until you reach their statements about how ethical their sourcing is. Just one click on their public policy and internal standards tab brings you to another page full of claims about how they are committed to a transparent business practice and just how ethical their business practices are. If you were to look it up right now, you'd read their claim to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. How nurturing are they then to the prisoners who are producing their packaging? The prisoners who are not being paid uh, to cheaply and quietly produce many of their staple products so well known to the brand. Starbucks is recognized as one of the most ethical companies in the world, yet their exploitation of prison labor goes directly against the values they stand for. Starbucks is a globalized company. There are 6,387 licensed Starbucks in the U.S. with 31,256 worldwide. Everyone knows their name or at least their logo. Consumers should be informed of their unethical practices and their inaccurate claims. What is prison labor? Well, prison labor is a type of restricted labor, labor that workers are forced to participate in, all against their will, because some time back they were convicted of some crime. When these men and women were convicted of their crimes, they were served their sentence, but what I don't think they realized is that they were, is that they were also sentenced to time enslaved. Originally, prison labor began as a way for post-Civil War civilization to work around the new laws enacted to combat slavery in America. The 13th Amendment, most famous for abolishing slavery in America, had more to it than just that. This very amendment that abolished slavery actually gave way to a whole new form of slavery itself. What people remember most about the 13th is the portion that reads, Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist within the United States. But when reading that, there is actually something being left out a portion that many people actually forget about that reads, except as a punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted. The word except is all that people really need to hear to understand that prison labor is a rebranded form of slavery. Prisoners are practically stripped of their constitutional rights and can be forced to work in any way. So with imprisonment being the way around legal jurisdiction, the prison system grew dramatically during the Reconstruction era. Prisons now sold the labor of its prisoners to private companies where they were supervised and forced to work for companies that owned their labor. Uh, this, oddly, this is oddly where the time period begins to blend, where the past starts sounding a lot like the present. In fact, that's exactly how prison labor works today. Companies purchase the labor of inmates and have them supervised while they carry out extremely low-paying jobs. These jobs are often dangerous, too. Jobs that, one might say, should require extra pay due to the various hazards. But no, instead, corporate giants use prison labor as a way of cheap production, disregarding the health of so many people. The lack of regulation around prison labor is what makes it so easily avoidable in the public eye. Workers receive no benefits, little to no money, and completely removed from the public eye. Large corporations can do whatever they want with the labor of their prisoners and receive zero backlash for it, ever. What's even crazier to me is that our government seems to encourage this. During this uh, past administration, a main goal was to bring as many jobs by, uh, as possible back to America for the, for the American people. What sounds like a plan to lower un unemployment and provide living wages to many Americans was actually a scheme to provide more revenue for the corporations. Because, in fact, many of these jobs... 
uh, that were brought back to America were directly made into prison labor jobs so that corporate America is still able to cheaply produce their products. Uh, This also in turn lowers the wages of the people outside the prison system because what they're doing could be done for 10 times cheaper inside the prison system. All these immoral practices just so a company can make a few extra dollars and flaunt their made in the USA tag. Surprising to many, Starbucks is one large corporation that uses prison labor for a quick profit. After an interview with Stephen Strauss, a previous inmate at Twin Rivers Correctional Facility in Monroe, Washington, it was revealed that Starbucks has been exploiting mentally ill prisoners for cheap packaging labor. Strauss described how they worked for hours tediously packaging chocolate-covered espresso beans into holiday containers, receiving only a minimum wage of $6.72 an hour. With some quick research, we were able to find that one of Starbucks's largest manufacturing and distribution centers is located in Kent, Washington, only 48 minutes from the Twin Rivers facility. This most likely means that the coffee beans are being packaged by low cost at the prison, at the prison then brought to Kent and shipped out across the world. By outsourcing their packaging to prison labor, Starbucks is able to cut down on the wages and costs that would normally be spent at one of their own facilities. The direct link between Starbucks and Twin Rivers is a company called Signature Packaging Solutions. Uh, Starbucks openly admits that they had a contract with the packaging company and when confronted about their use of prison labor, uh, stated that it was completely consistent with their mission statement. However, their mission statement preaches about treating workers with care and respect. Uh, Their exploitation of mentally ill prisoners goes directly against these advertised morals. Uh, they take it, they're taking advantage of these helpless people and forcing them to perform dull, repetitive work for little pay instead of receiving the mental help they need to recover. Starbucks also describes their ethical standards in their social responsibilities contract of 2006, only a couple years after the Strauss interview in 2002. In this document, Starbucks claims that they're dedicated to transparency and advocate for workers' health and safety. Yet they secretly employ prisoners prisoners and tried to hide this scam from the public, so obviously they're not transparent. And they actually don't care about the health of their workers since they knowingly exploited mentally ill prisoners. Overall, this incident truly emphasizes how Starbucks values profit and money over ethical production and the well-being of prisoners. Starbucks's advertisements in 2009 also highlighted their drive for profit over human concerns. In one ad, Starbucks urges customers to continue buying their coffee even at such high prices because the quality is worth it. They claim that's either Starbucks or nothing. With other coffee brands like McDonald's, you may be saving money in the moment, but you're paying a larger price for quality and production in the long run. This ad is extremely ironic because they are the company. Starbucks is the company who is outsourcing packaging to prisons, so their coffee was actually the one with the higher prices, both economically and ethically. So why is this such a shock to consumers? Uh, And unfortunately, many corporations are expected to act like this, placing profit over humanity. So what makes Starbucks different in the people's eyes? It's because Starbucks has built its reputation as an ethical company by constantly advertising sustainable practices, even if they don't actually follow them. Starbucks has taken pride in their ethical sourcing, establishing their own comprehensive guidelines to ensure that their farmers and workers have proper working conditions. They proudly showcase their ethical awards and their claims of sustainability on their website. By displaying these written values to customers, they gain our trust and therefore our business. We feel good knowing that although we are paying more for a single cup of coffee, the product is ethically sourced and produced, or so we thought. That's why it feels even more surprising to hear that Starbucks uses prison labor. 
It means that they have been lying to their, all their customers by making themselves out to be this amazing, ethical, trustworthy company on paper, meanwhile exploiting the vul- uh, vulnerable people to make a greater profit. Why should consumers care about all this, though? How does this really affect the consumer directly? In short, it really doesn't. You can continue to buy Starbucks coffee every day, and their use of prison labor wouldn't affect your life. But that's only if you choose not to let it. Even if you don't let it affect yourself, continuously buying Starbucks is a representation of the systematic support behind prison labor. You actually associate yourself with the use of prison labor without even knowing it. That's the whole thing around consumerism, though. You're represented by the brands that you purchase, and you have no control over what they do. Starbucks may be great coffee, but without even realizing it, you're associating yourself with some of the worst practices in America. So that's why we should care, because companies control our identities more than we know. That's also often their goal, to create a place in their consumer's identity where their product fits in. With Starbucks, their coffee has become a lifestyle for most. People wake up every morning and filter out to their local Starbucks. The coffee shop and its logo uh, is a part of its customers, so it's hard to believe that a company with such a large following chooses to use completely immoral practices that, they sh- that should not re- represent the people that continue to support them. How can consumers regain control of this? By keeping educated. Know what you're buying and know where it comes from. Keeping up with the little things like this go a long way in helping you, as the consumer, recognize some of the misfortunes that come with purchasing certain products. After you educate yourself on where your products come from, then you're able to start picking and choosing what brands begin to represent you. Support businesses that partake in ethical practices. Because as long as consumers support the businesses that value the dollar over human well-being, things will never change. Supporting ethical businesses will ultimately put pressure on unethical businesses to turn things around. Companies like Starbucks make enough money that they could easily pay fair wages for all of their labor and continue to be a coffee giant. In the end, though, It's all up to the consumer to switch their consumption habits because a company won't switch unless they realize that their methods aren't working. The consumer really holds all the power, so imagine the change they can make with that power. Think about it, though. What are some of your other possessions coming from? Your clothes, your phone, your food? An informed consumer will always promote ethical practices, so it's time to start keeping up with what you're really purchasing. While we've talked a lot about how prison labor has affected inmates in the past, specifically in terms of big corporations like Starbucks' use of it, there's still a lot to be said about how it will change in the future. Over the past year, society has been thrown into unprecedented changes involving the way companies run and the way things in general function. The uh, The world was thrown kind of upside down. We saw huge corporations struggle to make ends meet, and we saw an un saw unbelievable decreases in the supply of everyday necessities like toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Starbucks coffee is far from being considered a necessity, but its popularity on a global scale makes us wonder how they're feeling about the effects of the pandemic. Will they continue using prison labor to produce cheap packaging, or will they uh, take this global reset to reevaluate the means of production and finally do something to ethically source their packaging? Even though we might not know the answer to this question for a few more years, we can look at what's happening to the prisons as a result of the pandemic that might play into the long-term effects of prison labor. An article by the Seattle Times talks about how, as a result of concerns for outbreaks of coronavirus in overcrowded prisons, prisons have tried to reduce their population by up to 30% in the past year. With less people available to do these non-paying jobs, will Starbucks continue to exploit them for their labor? What do you guys think? 
I think that in light of everything that's happened over the past year, people have really started to recognize and appreciate people for the jobs they do to supply necessities for the rest of society. Prisoners contributed a lot during the pandemic supply crisis, making PPE kits and face masks for healthcare workers. For them to be recognized as essential workers during the pandemic and then continue to not be paid or treated like workers or at the very least human beings would be to disregard all of the hard work they put in to try and get society through such an unprecedented and scary time. The pandemic seems to have brought more awareness to prison labor and many and now many sources are advocating for the federal government to supply them with a living wage and better working conditions. Overall, this pandemic may have provided inmates with the attention slash publicity they need in order to make a change in prison labor regulations. I do agree with all your points, and I do think that prisoners should get the credit for the work they put in during the pandemic to supply uh, necessary goods. But honestly, though, some people might think that over the, uh, after the pandemic is over, when these large companies are struggling to get back on their feet, the last thing they're going to do is give up a cheap source of labor, however unethical it is. That is the corrupt nature of the consumerism society, um, and the pandemic had detrimental effects on companies like we've never seen before, and Starbucks was one of them. They're really only looking for profit, like we saw in uh, the 2009 advertisement, so people might doubt they'll ever change their ways, especially now. This is a horrible outcome, but honestly is the reality in corporate America. While we don't know what will happen in terms of Starbucks long-term decision-making, we can only hope to educate consumers to be more aware about where their products are coming from. Prison labor is a very real problem in America that has flowed under the radar for way too long, and these global corporations are thriving off of our ignorance. It's time to take action, and maybe this time, instead of Starbucks or nothing, we can say anything but.